Are we going to say anything about Ahsoka at all before? I don't think we have to. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we're good. We'll just put Ahsoka yeah. was okay. Ahsoka was okay. <laughs> yeah. In the episode description. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, moving on. We thought Ahsoka was fine. Dave Filoni doesn't know how to tell a coherent story about having 30 episodes to do it. gentlemen boys and girls Cree and scroll of all ages welcome to mcu beyond infinity a show where fellow like-minded marvelites have assembled to discuss review theorize and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the marvel cinematic universe my name is john and i'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow variant travis to discuss the first two episodes of the mcu's first ever second season to their disney plus roster loki longtime listeners may know but for those new to the podcast beyond infinity started in the wake of avengers endgame hence the clever name while we kick things off during WandaVision, the first season of Loki is when the show finally found its footing, our basic structure, and our glorious purpose of spouting comic book-related nonsense at one another became strikingly apparent. Since then, phases four and phase five have been a real roller coaster ride in terms of quality and our own personal emotions, with the exceptions of some stray outliers, such as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and even Hawkeye, the franchise never seemed to reach the creative or entertaining peaks. It hit right out of the gate with the triple whammy that was WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the first season of Loki. In fact, it seems to have hit some dramatically low bars for a property once known more for its consistency than anything. So, Travis... How nice does it feel to have Loki not only back, but seemingly delivering the goods that we kind of haven't really had in quite some time? Ah, it's nice. It's nice to watch a show with a distinct style. And, uh, yeah, yeah, when the first episode debuted, I was feeling good about it. I felt like it's back in safe hands for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> So the the overall premise that was the first season of Loki, in terms of what the Marvel shows have done since the launch of Disney Plus, they have almost served as these like extended films divided into chapters rather than formatting itself for television, with the exception of Loki and WandaVision and coming out with WandaVision, you know, that was the first like property proper post Avengers Endgame, with mm -hmm. the exception of that Spider Man that is like, yeah, it's in the continuity, but like, you know, it technically took place in like the Infinity Saga. I think No Way Home, right? Um, I think, uh, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal and the droids, the uh, drones, but yeah, um, yeah, so. 
WandaVision coming out as the first property in phase four and pretty much the entire fan base and pretty much like the entire world because everyone in the world saw Endgame thought, okay, that might have been the end of the MCU. What are we going to do next? And we knew that they had Disney Plus and we knew that we were going to get an onslaught of new installments because that San Diego Comic-Con announcement where they're like, here's six new Disney plus shows. And we're doing three movies a year. Like what was phase four? The announcement we're like, holy shit, that's a lot to juggle. How are any of us going to fucking care without Tony Stark or Captain America? And then they made WandaVision. It's first streaming television series. That was a story told specifically for television about television on television and it was the first thing that they did on television i said television four times there and i thought okay like marvel has some juice in this tank let's keep up this kind of creative yeah high point you right um yeah whether you like that show or not you can at least admit that it's trying something different for this franchise and it's working in a different medium specifically for (laughs) that different medium too you know yeah yeah Falcon and about the strengths of television too. And like that kind of like meta textual way. And then Falcon and the winter soldier was a different story where it, it it's more what I was just complaining about where it was this, um, you know, the story that could have been told over a two hour long movie that they extended over six or eight episodes and divided it up. The only thing is it looked like a Marvel movie for the most part. And like we we've credited some of those action set pieces as being up there with things that we have seen in the past on the big screen and a lot better than things we have seen recently on the big screen (laughs) from Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is bringing the quality down to make sure that it stays on par. (laughs) But like you bring the quality down for the expensive movies. And you keep it up for this one random television series. Like doesn't make sense for me, but regardless at that time, that was the second endeavor in television. Was it different? Totally different. More what I kind of expected with these extended movies and television format. The only thing is it's like able to keep the consistency of the Marvel cinematic universe and its look and its tone and its effects and its budget and its actors. And it felt at peace with Marvel. Then we get to Loki the only show so far that has felt like it is being made to continue on television, like a regular fucking TV show. Yes. Yes. It it felt like there was going to be a season two. (laughs) And not only that, like the comparison's so obvious, uh, but Loki is kind of the American equivalent of Dr. Who in a lot of ways in terms of it's a science fiction property that doesn't really get into the science of things too heavily and just throws like big sci-fi ideas at you and more like soft science fiction kind of uh, Mm -hmm. philosophical and moral quandaries at you and its main character like our protagonist is a version of the character who we'd known in the past and 
if Loki next week killed Loki and then got another Loki from a timeline and it was a different actor, it would totally make sense, right? Yeah. In another fucking world, if Tom Hiddleston didn't get cast as Loki back in the Kenneth Branagh Thor movie in like 2010, he totally could have gotten Doctor Who over Matt Smith or Dave Tennant or Peter Capaldi, right? Yeah. Like he would have just been like a working, handsome British lead, you know? Um, Vaguely charming. Yeah, yeah. Extremely charming. And that's a huge thing, Travis. Like the rest of the shows, like from then on out, have had their hits, like Hawkeye. But for the most part, you and I have kind of come out of them saying they never lived up to the potential of those first three or four things that we got. Mm -hmm. And none of them feel like TV shows. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We just finally get put back into a comfort zone, though, with this, where I I, I hate to say, like, everything has just been so bad, but, like, I feel so... Because we have a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and it's nice to be back talking about Marvel, too. I was telling you before we went on, like, I wrote that little intro, and as I was saying Kree and Scroll, it felt so much better than what I had been writing, which has been, I don't know, Tweedarians and Nemoidians or yes, fucking. Yes, it doesn't uh, roll off the tongue the same way. It doesn't roll off the tongue. syllables. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were living in a crisis of identity for comic book properties, specifically Marvel and DC, where the Flash bombed, Shazam bombed, Blue Beetle bombed, Ant-Man and the Wasp bombed, um Eternals bombed. Didn't another Marvel property not live up to it's oh Thor Love and Thunder didn't do very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to actually look at the numbers to see which ones did well, and it's hard to really fully compute. I know they didn't do as well as they would have liked in general, but yeah. Uh, and I mean not only did they not do as well financially, but like the critical is yeah, you're getting diminishing returns because you're consistently getting <laughs> worse reviews, kinda. Uh and yeah. worse response from people like us, like people who are just fans. want to like these fucking movies, yeah. <laughs> want to like love these movies and as pathetic as it sounds, like have a part of our identity in how much we like <laughs> these movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and and it just it, I, I, I get nervous. When I walked into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I think you and I saw it at like the same time. We're in two different time zones. So I saw mm-hmm. it a little bit later. You were seeing it earlier. And I like shot you a text saying like, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm nervous, basically. I'm nervous that the thrill is gone and I'm not going to love this thing. And I'm finally going to walk out of like my favorite of these individual sub franchises with, within the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe banner. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk out saying, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Maybe I've grown out of this entire thing. Yeah, and- that is kind of the fear. I'm like a couple dodgy ones come out. It's like, maybe I'm just, maybe it's. Yeah, like you said, just grown out of it or whatever. And with uh, Guardians 3, it would have been even worse because he's taking your girl to DC. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, with it being so good, it's kind of a positive because they give him freedom over there. Like, 
he'll have a lot more freedom than he ever had in Marvel. But it's also kind of a negative for Marvel because one, they just lost their main guy, right? Yeah. They lost the only guy who was able to produce like quality product at the end of the day. And the reason he was able to do that was because they let him do it on his own fucking terms, like Mm -hmm. which Loki feels like it's doing as well. Uh, I think Loki too, and we'll get into like the plot of this thing. I think one of the reasons why this show feels so individual and on its own is because the first season of Loki by accident set up what they said the future of the franchise is going to be the, the Easter egg at the end of Avengers where Thanos says this thing was actually an infinity gem. Yes. Was Jonathan major's performance as he who remains. And they said, holy shit, let's make this a Kang story. Like, Kang's the new big bad. And that all came out of Loki. So Loki conveniently fits into this pocket that serves the corporate masters while also retaining, like, its own individual identity. I kind of wish, like, the other properties were mimicking Loki, though, almost. Like, I'd rather that than what they're doing now, which is just kind of, like, regurgitating generic nonsense. Because... yeah. I forgot how good this show looks, Travis. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the retro uh, style of everything, retro futuristic, uh, and they improved on some stuff, like the cityscape that they showed in the first season, like very, very bad, like episode one uh, sort of stuff. Uh, big big curse on energy. Big curse on energy. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, they kind of polished it a bit more this season. Now, were you confused when it started off initially? Because I haven't rewatched Loki since we covered it on the podcast because, like, we talked about it at that point in time. Like, <laughs> listeners, go back and listen to, like, how crazy we talked about things. Like, I remember that, that those were the days of sending pages of notes to one another and shit and, mm-hmm. like, getting every Easter egg. And they used to be released on Fridays and a little behind the current peak. We record on Saturday evenings. So, like... We have 24 hours to like cram for the test. Thing fucking twice. Yeah. 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 I yeah. I psyched it in detail. Yeah. It, it makes it take a lot longer before I re- want to rewatch it for fun. Same. Same. <laughs> I'm getting better. Like, I don't like for this. I wasn't really looking for Easter eggs uh, as much. Like if I saw it, I saw it. But mm-hmm. yeah. But I had to take a second to like stop and think. Maybe I should watch that previously on Loki before I start this thing, because I kind of forgot where we were with the overall story of the MCU, kind of because I care so little about it at this point in the main timeline. Yeah. Where Ant-Man and the Wasps should have been like a perfect volley for this to just like spike you know, and for this mm-hmm. to like score a home run, but because Ant-Man and the Wasp like came and went with such like a whimpering, like, boo, like, yeah, the only thing that most people liked about that one was Kang and that, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, even that it's just so little in that movie. My favorite part of that movie is how they let Hank and Janet be a little horny, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like she talks about banging Bill Murray. He gets a little jealous, talks about banging like his secretary or something. So, you know, because if if the Marvel Cinematic Universe took place in the 90s, Ant-Man would be an erotic thriller starring Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know? 
directed by Paul Verhoeven, of course. <laughs> they would recycle the uniforms from Starship Troopers like many other mid to late 90s science fiction films did. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> But I had to think like, okay, where the fuck are we? And then I was like, oh yeah, he who remains, he gave them the ultimatum, like you kill me and all the timelines are on the loose or you let me stay and just kind of like streamline it and I'll give you guys your lives back. And Sylvie said, I'm going to kill you. Loki woke up in his own like, hellscape tva where like there was like a giant king statue yes yes and this season starts off just on a roll it's like hey if you don't remember the first season of loki like we are going to hit the ground running and we are going to do complicated time travel stuff now mm-hmm. have you talked about this to anyone who is a casual peripheral marvel cinematic universe watcher yet uh no no i uh i have not i'm not i don't talk to other humans anymore altogether <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah 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 i talk to you every uh every week most every week we talk about marvel yeah. no my mother was very confused about loki and she's really really uh, looking forward to this episode so she can understand what the hell happened in the okay first yeah yeah yes because this episode is not scared well the first two episodes are not scared to be intentionally confusing i think yeah i uh the only parts that i really pay too much attention to like the, the explanations with were uh more the character motivations where it's there's certain times where i didn't understand why characters gave a shit about certain things and then mm-hmm. yeah it's like all the the science fiction uh gadget uh talk and all that I it goes kind of in one year and out the other, and I just accept it. Yes, I, I don't think it's supposed to be taken all too seriously. No, no, they're just uh, throwing a bunch of uh sci fi word salad at you a bit, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just to get from point A to point B. I'm mostly okay with that. Same, and I um, I think that casual audiences are kind of in that zone lately because Rick and Morty is so popular. Yes. And this does a lot of the same kind of science fiction that shows like Rick and Morty and Doctor Who do where all the technical mumbo jumbo, it's not like you're watching Star Trek where it's like, oh God, I have to actually listen to this (laughs) nonsense so I can explain what a dilithium crystal is and where it's mine to my friends when they ask how do those ships get powered and there's no gasoline and, Mm -hmm. you know, things along those lines. Um, This show, not so much. But this is a long way for me to get to how this fucking episode starts and get back to what you just said, how this show looks better than it did last year, but still caters to the vibes of last year, especially yes. the color palette and the tone. Loki's getting chased by Morpheus. Morpheus. No. you <laughs> are in there. Yeah. 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 God damn it. I said, I wouldn't say his name. I'm sorry to the good <laughs> Dr. Michael. I apologize. Yes. 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 So Mobius uh, is doesn't know who Loki is and he's chasing him. And in this chase sequence, Loki does an Anakin Skywalker and 
Attack of the Clones where he jumps out of a building and hopes that he lands on a space taxi or something along those oh, lines. Okay, I was saying he fits out on the attack. Okay, okay, same shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun trope and looked good. It did. It did. Yeah. It looked really good. And I think I think one of the secrets to Marvel science fiction style, uh, the CGI working really well is when they have things that are not modern and of the times and of the planet. Like I can't even say that because the fucking quantum realm looked so fucking bad. It's like a bad example. You said you were, we're talking about the stuff that works about the sci-fi, not stuff that doesn't though. So you can still kind of do it. Yeah, I could still say it. Yeah. 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 We bashed Ant-Man and quantum mania enough to, yeah, they just say the the CGI in that looks. We're not justifying really that one. <laughs> no, but there was a lot of like flying gobbledygook things in make believe worlds in that, yes. and they look significantly better here in this television show. And I think one of the main reasons for that is because much like Star Wars, they have like a basic idea of this technology to work off of, but mm-hmm. like you used the word like retrofuturism before, like they don't try and make it look like new and futuristic. It's kind of like, what if we make the cars look like toasters from the forties or something like that? You know what I mean? And I like all of that, like quite a bit. I also like the characters on this show and I forgot about some of them. I forgot about Hunter B 15. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Fucking love her. Mm hmm. I, no, forgot. I kind of forgot about Sobe. Oh, yeah, just just in general. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, like the new additions to the cast. Uh, Kate Dickey slash Liza Aaron from Game of Thrones and The Witch and all sorts of things. Yes, yeah, spooky bird face lady. Yes. As I like to call yes, her. Yes, I, uh, I like her. Uh, I never remember that woman's name, but she has a face that you could just like absolutely never forget it's crazy but she, i mean she's great like um mm-hmm. i was a big uh little finger fan in game of thrones i i always liked the characters that kind of stirred the pot they were like the the most interesting to me despite little finger being obviously like an old monster yeah total monster total monster <laughs> but um but no i i like her character a lot i like that actress a lot uh so it's nice to see her again like these are character actors who aren't expensive that are just kind of like out there in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing goes with, we haven't seen her yet, but the great Google Bambathura, another name that I always had a lot of fun saying that I finally get to say again. I, yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun that you're mentioning you, even though she's not in either of these episodes. She is in the cast though. She is in the cast. Another though, like good fucking character actor who works, doesn't cost a ton of money. Owen Wilson, another mm-hmm. guy like that. Um, and then kind of like the big one who is brand new to this season. Who's kind of having his resurgence. Um, yeah. Do you know how yeah. to say this gentleman's name? Uh, Ki Hui Kwan, I believe. Ki Hui Kwan. Yes. Yes. Also known as Short Round. Um, I think I don't know if it's racist to just use the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just what the other known as, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones is a good movie. Oh. I love Temple of Doom. That was my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Still might be. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, if uh, Willie wasn't kind of <laughs> yeah, she's just fucking excruciating. I didn't know it as a kid though, and that was my favorite. When we did our Beyonder Awards for 2022, one of the movies that didn't make either of our list was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yes. A movie that people love almost in an annoying way. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a good movie. I don't love it as much as everyone else seemed to. I, uh, I don't know why, really. I, uh, it's, I should. I liked the trailer. The trailer was cool, but then, yeah, yeah. So. It seems like one of those things that caters to you so hard, specifically, mm-hmm. because it plays off tropes of Asian cinema in, like, a really loving way. Well, I was saying it was going to be Michelle Yeoh in uh, Jet Li's The One. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. It was more of, like, a family drama. It was like a real film. I guess yeah. I, I was wondering Michelle Yeoh action stars, Super Cop 3, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the Super Mich- Coppening. Yeah. yeah, the Super Coppening. Yeah, yeah. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Um, <laughs> I felt so bad that that didn't make my like top five or top 10 list or whatever. When we were doing that podcast that actually mm-hmm. like on new year's Eve, that was one of the movies I like rewatched just to make sure just to oh, be yeah, like, yeah. like, am I sure that this isn't one of my favorite movies this year? Am I really going to put ambulance and jackass forever <laughs> above this movie? Yeah. <laughs> sure enough. I did. I mean, sometimes you, when you watch a movie, if you're not in the right mood, it, it can affect your overall feelings on the film. Uh, Very much. Yeah, yeah. I, a couple of months after that, though, I did watch that movie with my father at the same time. My mom watched it with my sister, and my mm-hmm. sister and I were, like, texting each other about how our parents were both enjoying watching this movie with their kid on, like, you know, different parts of the state, basically, and... I was like, oh, yeah, that is kind of sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is a sweet movie. And I think uh, Kihui Kwan, I hope I'm not overpronouncing that to sound uh, smart. Um, I think Short Round is killer in that you movie. You just gotta do it quick. You just gotta do it quick. Uh, Kihui Kwan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I had trouble with pronunciation, too. It's not mm-hmm. any name I would say in my everyday life, typically. So. No. Yeah, I, I love uh, Casey also. Um, yeah, I don't know his name, but he's been good in both seasons. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's a lot of fun, especially in these first two episodes. Um, and again, like with the look of this thing, it is so like authoritarian, kind of. Yeah, you uh, you. Start the entire season with a shot of King and this giant foreboding statue towering over everything. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I actually, a couple weeks ago, I think as like the last time we spoke, I had just watched Orson Welles' adaptation of Franz Kafka's The Trial. Like it's just, you know, it's a movie from the 50s and it's got Anthony Perkins mm-hmm. and. Essentially, it's about like a mindless 
office worker who gets put into a prison and keeps asking like, why am I in this prison? And no one can give him an answer. And it's just this huge bureaucratic bullshit. And it's, it's, you know, that Kafka S where like the absurdity of life and the absurdity of menial tasks and menial jobs and the big office and just being a cog in the wheel of like a big corporate machine and that whole like authoritarian thing. Um, while the authoritarianism around you pretends to be so welcoming and things along those lines. Um, Sorry to Bother You is another kind of good example of media like that, the yeah. Riley movie. Yeah, about the uh, telemarketers, and um, that movie takes a wild swing. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't even want to mention uh, where that movie goes because you won't predict it. <laughs> There's no, no fucking way. There's no way you'll predict where that movie goes. Army Hammer, controversial figure. I always kind of like that guy, um, even though he eats people or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, big swing, big swing. Um, but that's another movie where, you know, the the day-to-day of the menial kind of desk jockey and the bureaucratic nature, like, essentially, like, what if the world was run by like a cutesy IRS or something along those lines. Um, Also, there's some real genuine, like good filmmaking in here that I haven't seen in a Marvel movie outside of guardians and uh, black Panther, maybe like, you know, I'm not dissing the Russo brothers or anything, but the yeah. Russo brothers don't really like have a style. They're just kind of like working guys, you mm-hmm. know, uh, who are able to juggle huge budgets in a way that I think is really difficult. Like <clears throat> filmmakers like the Russo brothers, um, who's a guy I really like, uh, Justin Lin. He's another one. He did a lot of the fast movies. He did Star Trek beyond. Mm-hmm just these guys, they don't necessarily have like an individual voice, like as opposed to when you watch something made by Ryan Coogler, even made by like James Wan, where you're like, wow, James Wan is a wacko and he makes (laughs) wacko decisions behind the camera. Um, There are some wacko decisions behind the camera here that play really well off the kind of menial kind of coldness and sterileness of these environments that, um, and it might just be like recent, see bias but you know we were talking about how wes anderson just put out those four short movies for netflix and Mm -hmm. asteroid city uh came out this year but wes anderson you know known for his symmetrical framing and that kind of like almost like stagnant sterile dialogue to the point where it's so awkward that it's funny there's a bit in here where after Loki gets Mobius to like recognize who he is and he's like glitching out, right? What do they call it? Like time, time slipping, time slipping. Yeah. They're in an elevator and they're like arguing with one another and they're in, the, they're in like the corner and they're center framed. And he's like, it doesn't look good. Does it look good? And the camera does this big like whip pan. And there's just this little kid in the corner of the elevator. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Very Wes Anderson-y, I think. I can right? see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're also introduced uh, story-wise to the idea that the TVA, who had been responsible for allowing there to be one sacred timeline 
I don't want to use the term 616, but yeah, the one main timeline of the MCU is now one. They're kind of like at civil war. They're at odds because for one, they found out that everything they believed was a lie. The people that they were working for were giant space wizard Muppets and everything that they've been doing has led to the genocide of, you know, entire kind of lives of people. Yeah. yeah. Billions and billions and billions of lives have been eradicated. And they were once on one of those timelines. They are in fact replicants. Mm-hmm. So now for the first time ever, the TVA who has been doing this with ease for seemingly ever infinite amount of time since the dawn of time is finally like, Facing a moral quandary is what we're doing correct. And should we let these timelines fracture? Right. Mm-hmm. But if we let these timelines fracture, you got to watch out. Cause Loki's talking about this, this, this funny, handsome dude at the end of time called he who remains, who says like, if you let this happen, you know, I'm going to be there and it's going to be bad. And we're going to have a multiversal war. Mm-hmm. This is very similar to the moral quandary from Jonathan Hickman's Adventures run, despite being vastly different in context, right? But during Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, it ran co co uh with Avengers and New Avengers. Avengers and New Avengers ran at the same time. Yes. Uh, concurrently is the fucking word I was looking for. I'm sorry. Like uh, a prison sentence. Yes. yes. Like a prison sentence. I'm, I'm serving two concurrent terms. Yes. That's better uh, than re- getting consecutive ones. Uh, yeah. Not back to back. I'm serving yeah. them at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, which doesn't make any sense with life sentences, but that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense when you're out on bond and you just see any new charges that are run concurrent. Yes. <laughs> We need a good Bond guy. That's our sponsor for this week's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, in in Hickman's Avengers run, the Avengers were off fighting these huge threats and not knowing what the fuck is happening with these beings called the Beyonders. And then we find out in the new Avengers run, this Illuminati, the select group of the smartest people on Earth, are finding out that universes are merging into each other and causing these things called incursions, which were briefly mentioned in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, but it's either let these things smash into us and destroy our universe or eradicate an entire multiverse, um, universal genocide at a scale hitherto unknown, uh, which is what these people are. The TVA are now, dealing with mm-hmm. when the fuck does this take place travis that's what i want to know because like we never had any multiverse stuff until spider-man no way home right yeah the multiversal depictions haven't been the most consistent as far as feel i guess or how it all works and uh, it doesn't feel related to one another. They're both, they're all doing stuff with multiverse stuff, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's leading anywhere in the way that Loki seems like it's actually going to progress the main multiverse saga narrative. But we were told in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame that them moving off the timeline and traveling back in time will cause 
a branch timeline to start, right? And the yes. TVA would have gone and killed that branch timeline. We didn't know about that yet. Except for it was part of the plan. <laughs> the workaround the, uh, was... The, the workaround was, timeline is more than one timeline. It's just, yeah, confusing. Mm -hmm. Yes, but they didn't branch any timelines because technically they went and put everything back in its right place, right? Except for Captain America. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, was all according to plan. I think the the way the timeline ran pruning works is it they have a sense somehow for at what point is it going to produce a king, and that's when they prune things. Possibly, possibly, um, unless Kang comes from the future and is a time traveling being or something along those lines, which is like what happens in the comics, right? Like, yeah. So maybe they let Captain America go back in time and start that branch timeline because Kang hadn't been born yet, technically, even though he started ancient Egypt or something. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, it was still future thing. Still, we never dealt with any ramifications because according to the logic of Endgame, they didn't cause a branch timeline, right? The the Tilda Swinton. Well, according to the logic of Loki season one, they mentioned that it was all all the time travel nonsense. There was according to the plan. Still, yes, but then Loki season one ends, and one of the next films after that is Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, which fucks everything up, gets janky. <laughs> yeah. Th We're then we all grand send off with these other properties. I guess is what the big secret warriors plan is going to be. Maybe, but do you think so? That would be so annoying. Oh, some people are going to love it. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of cool with the multiverse saga ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of uh, cool yeah. with the multiverse saga just being contained to Loki. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right. Would be bad. I mean, that's where it's been good. Yeah, that's where some would say it's been exceptional. Um, yeah. And all of the time travel mumbo jumbo discussed in Loki isn't too muddy because it's all contained to Loki. But the second we start doing what we're doing now and talking about how oh. <laughs> talking about how it worked in these other movies and things, yeah, it, it yeah, yeah, because now we have um, Charlize Theron out there, right? She's she's running about. And um, we know that Doctor Strange is capable of time travel, right? Because uh, the eye of Agamotto or whatever. Has well, it's been destroyed. He no longer has it. So he's... But, but he, he's still got, like, time travel abilities. That's how Doctor Strange worked, right? Uh, well, that's how Spider-Man worked, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was diving into the multiverse, yeah, but it, it wasn't necessarily time travel. It was just... Yeah, multiverse. Well, he's got a American Chavez who's a multiverser. Yes, yes, he does. So multiverse and madness, again, muddies up the waters, right? The question of when does this thing take place is is a valid one. It's valid. And and does did did was any of that capable before Sylvie stabbed he who remains, stabbed Kang? That is a valid question. Yeah. <laughs> I would say no. Or not to the same extent, I guess. So, like, if it wasn't, 
then Janet Van Dyne got shoved into the quantum realm back in like the 60s, right? Mm -hmm. And Kang was in there while she was in there, presumably in like the 60s or 70s, right? And all that was before Loki season one. (laughs) How does Kang exist in the quantum realm? How did he get there? Oh, yeah. That is a good question. I, uh, and that's the sacred timeline, allegedly. Unless we're no longer in the sacred timeline at all. Oh, yeah. But, but then why would they have called it the sacred timeline in Multiverse of Madness yeah. and established the I whole think you're asking timeline. hard questions that they don't really want us asking. I, uh, but these are things that, like, you should have a showrunner. Like, this is what Kevin Feige should be, like, in charge of. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're using the word multiverse. And, like, yes, time travel stuff doesn't always make sense. But, like, this Kang stuff is going to... It's going to be messy. It's it's going to have to make sense. Otherwise, it's going to, like, infuriate some people. Right? Mm-hmm. I've already lit all my hair on fire, as you can see. <laughs> um, thinking about it. Uh, I'll pluck out all my eyebrows by... I suspect Kira's not going to do well with this. <laughs> yeah, Kira's gonna she she gets real upset about this this stuff. I know that. Um and I know like with Spider-Man, she's like, this is gonna destroy everything. This is like literally they're <laughs> opening up a can of worms, and I was always the one who was like, but magic, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's gonna be fine. Um so like in the TVA now. Are we seeing the beginning? We already are seeing the beginning of like a TVA civil war, right? Because like the general, the new general who's like in charge is like no more pruning the timelines until we figure this shit out, right? Well, that's uh, our heroes are the ones that are wanting to let the branches run wild. There is the highest of the high is saying let them grow wild. There's one general that uh, General Docs by by Kate Dickey who the bird is, woman. Yes, yes. yes There's yes. going to continue pruning timelines at random or, or yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um. Do you think the TVA is going to be left standing by the end of this whole thing? I kind of know. I, I guess for the the point of the like leading up to Secret Wars and all that, surely the this fucking place will be destroyed, and that's due to uh, multiversal war. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if it'll be this season, but... What if the TVA becomes, like, a renegade fucking, like, Black Ops outfit, and it's like, you know, the, the TVA, quote-unquote, like, the bureaucracy dies, but we still have, like timekeeper people who are going around basically being like no 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 like who are in charge of it and it's just it's it's mobius fucking hunter b13 mm-hmm. cable <laughs> i was wondering if you were going to mention x just in the black ops yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. cable yeah. and loki what is no, it cable you just have to give loki a bunch of pouches that's it he's already got like 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 um what are those things called suspenders with like a thing on the back yeah uh, which is close to a pouch mm-hmm. um and it also allows him not to need a belt pretty cool way <laughs> to uh to get around um yeah I, I am really curious about all this all this stuff um 
we talked really briefly before about uh, Kiwi Kwan's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep calling him Aurora Borealis. His name is uh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Yes. Um, or they call him OB. Um, Ouroboros is an ancient symbol depicting like a snake eating its own tail. Like the end is the beginning is the beginning is the end. Yeah. Kind of like. Just National Pumpkin album, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 trailer to Zack Schneider's Watchmen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, he he's he's like repair and maintenance, right? Something like that. And he's the highlight of uh, the first episode for me, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. even yeah. though I didn't love everything everywhere all at once, I uh, I like him a lot here. He's very silly and in in a fun way. And the way the time travel seems to work with, uh, I didn't. I don't know if we're doing full episode recaps or not. So I'll mention it now. The mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of Bill and Ted with uh, Loki going to the past to uh, give information to Obi and him having it in the future. Like like uh, Bill and Ted taking their dad's car key and like leaving it. Under yeah, the- it's yeah. it's a lot. Uh, I don't want to say more nuanced here, but just. More than once in Bill and Ted? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And he solves the time slipping by doing this, that the, the Bill and Ted time travel theory where Mobius is giving him uh, information in the future while Loki is time slipping four or 500 years in the past and telling him mm-hmm. What's going on and get a device ready for him to have it when him and Mobius get there in the future. And yes. we see another really cool like well, visual depiction of time here, uh, which is something I like that this show does. I like the way it depicted that the past is moving at the same rate as the present. As far as time where he's remembering as he's being told in the past. I like that too. It's, I don't want to say it's how things would work because like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like, yeah, yeah. that's the one thing with time is like, it's, it's actual consistency. Even when it's being dilated, it's being done based on same. physics. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's like, it's all relative. Like, you know, this is what Einstein taught us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or the movie, the theory of everything. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I dug all that too. And the first season had this really brief, like three or four minute thing with Miss Minutes being like, welcome to the TVA. And it was very much like that Jurassic Park dinosaur things. Like, <laughs> guess what? Now you see dinosaurs. Here's yes. how di- Yeah. You know, I'm Mr. DNA and Miss Minutes just breaking down. Like what's happening here? This could have used that, and I think in general it would be nice if Marvel put out like a five-minute Miss Minutes, like at the end of this or in the middle of this. Yeah, even now, you know, because the end is it'd be a fun post-credit scene. It would be. It would just be a fun like social media video for them to put out to tell us how all this stuff is working. So whenever we have a podcast episode where we ask each other dumb questions that are (laughs) unanswerable and completely hypothetical and rhetorical, uh, we could consult this little video instead of just 
you know, shrugging her shoulders and saying it doesn't matter anyway. Magic. Um, <laughs> I say yes. What we're going to wind up saying a lot, though. Uh, I I don't know if they're going to be consistent with how they do the time travel stuff. I I don't know. I I like that they're consistent with the general visual depiction of time. Mm -hmm. We talked about it a lot during the first season of Loki, where you explain time as if it's like a rope kind of. Yes. Different strands wrap around one another. Yes. And then when those strands get loosened, those are what we need to prune from it. But, but Mm -hmm. we, as long as everything is like running concurrently within the same direction, we're good. Right. Um, and they have this huge, like, temporal loom they keep calling this thing. Mm-hmm. Is a loom a thing that For you thread. like? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like you wind <laughs> thread together and make a rope out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes total sense, like in my dumb stoner brain, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking threads of fate, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like all of that. Um, and I think the CGI, while simple, is totally effective. Where Mobius has to go out onto this physical manifestation of time stream and yeah. shove a thingamajig MacGuffin into, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and the uh, erosion of his suit as as the time wears it down is pretty well done. I thought. I thought so too, and all the Loki glitching out stuff was very well done. And mm-hmm. it made me think of WandaVision, uh, the, the blip or whatever, where it was mm. the CGI quality there was insanely good. And it kind of made me remind me that they can do good CGI. It doesn't have to be secret invasion. <laughs> no. And all you have to do is like put thought behind something being a cool visual representation of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like all the CGI problems come down to like just letting the person finish their idea instead of just saying, throw it out there and get it done. Like sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we say a lot like less is more and things along those lines, but um, you know, it's not even like it's less necessarily here. It's, it's still big and bombastic. Like this is a big 2001 space odyssey looking fucking thing. And the, yeah. the, uh, the WandaVision thing is like showing time dilate and stretch and go, you know, fragments out of reality, but it's well conceived and it's executed as opposed to just being thrown out there for the sake of having it out there. This, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling about complaining about CGI and Marvel, again, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you said it reminded you of the blip, right? The, well, the, the version shown in, uh, in WandaVision, in WandaVision with, uh, Monica coming back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the, the time glitching, I keep saying this thing wrong. What, what the fuck is the name of this stuff? Oh, time slipping. Yeah. Time slipping. It looked a lot like glitching out from the Spider-Verse movies to me. Ah, uh, if that was live action, I could see that. Yeah, it's very similar sort of deal. Yeah, it's kind of just you know shaking a lot mm-hmm. and disappearing. Um, do you? I mean, you said it before. Are we gonna like 
are we gonna get all these fucking universes and just have a big like member berry clusterfuck at the end of this? Oh, I think that's Secret Warriors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I genuinely, I, I'd love to be wrong. I uh, bring Jason Aaron on uh, just to have a bunch of uh, instead of having cameos, just be uh, annoying combinations of characters where it's like <laughs> Doctor Doom Galactus or whatever, and that's Secret Warriors and. Yeah, Wolverine, but he's also the Phoenix and stuff like that. Uh, but do you think we're gonna have like Thor would be written really good there though. Thor would be cool. <laughs> Thor would be cool. Else would be kind of. Uh... Aaron does write a good Thor. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you uh, think we're gonna have like Patrick Stewart and that other little Scottish kid like in wheelchair saying to me, "My X Men coming out of portal." <laughs> Uh, I don't know if they'll use the X Men yet, but yeah. And then it's like to me, my Spider Man. Don't get Chris Evans to come back and it'll just be a human torch. Yeah. <laughs> he may do double duty as a Captain America variant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 solved very quickly. You know, the the first episode of this season is a lot of time jumping around. But the time slipping is inevitably resolved and we get Mobius and Loki back in the present day of the TVA as basically the time stream finds itself erupting and we have our new team within the TVA, which is like Mobius, Hunter B-15, Casey, and Short Round. Yes, yes. And and as the episode ends, we see like one of the hunters who's been kind of a dick the whole time going through one of those time doors, um, presumably after Sylvie, right? Yeah, yeah. They say there is specifically they're going after Sylvie if memory serves. Uh one thing I want to mention about the first episode that I uh quite liked was how they make King seem like a uh <sighs> A threat, a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just also thinking about Quantum Mania and how maybe they didn't need, feel the need to prune that timeline because that king was inept. Like he was going to stay stuck in the quantum realm forever. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. An actual threat, not some guy who gets eaten by socialist bugs, right? Isn't that <laughs> how that can get? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, my Antman. Um. <laughs> Yeah, hyping up your villain is a good thing, right? Yeah, I'm just hoping it's... I hope we see him soon. Uh, in the flesh. Like, hearing the audio recording, that's nice and all, but it... Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the actor is having his personal issues and everything right now, but I'm hoping they didn't cut out a bunch of shit because of it. He's a good actor, though. I know! He's great! He's great! <laughs> He's so great! Yeah. He plays a really good bad guy and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And they can't recast him as Winston Duke because Winston Duke's already in this goddamn franchise. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> they already filmed this shit. Just fucking please, don't tell me like six months from now that they fucking cut out a giant subplot or something. You promised me a Kang with a mustache and a top hat. <laughs> yeah, if we've seen uh, Victor Timely. Uh, fucking Kang. Uh, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. in the trailer, 
Using Ramatut and yeah. Amorphous. Yeah, in a terrible quantumanium. <laughs> but we're ready. We're ready. You yeah. know what I mean? So build this guy up, make him a fucking threat, and um, hope that his lawyers are, are right. And the legal system is doing I its hope justice. That someone, that he did nothing wrong. I hope that's the case. But yes. I don't know that it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, if someone wants to affect the timeline in our reality and make it where he didn't do anything wrong, it would be swell. But yeah, by pruning his ex girlfriend out of existence. <laughs> God, if that was the solution. <laughs> that is the solution. The final solution. Uh, um, shout out to you for letting me know that there was a post credit scene because I'm not used to that in Marvel anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. With the Disney Plus shows, they don't bother most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really blame them because most of the time there's post credit scenes aren't always great. <laughs> no, they've been kind of annoying lately in the theaters. Like, I, I felt annoyed. Uh, like pretty much every time, like, you know, I saw the, the horrible exorcist believer the other day and I'm like, you know, it ends and I finally hear tubular bells. I was like, all right, I guess I'll stick around because they're finally playing the song that I like paid $14 to hear <laughs> in the sound system. And I'm like, maybe there's a post credit scene because they're making three of this stupid thing. We're like in the exorcist cinematic universe now because mm-hmm. uh, they announced two more of them because Universal paid $400 million for that franchise, um, which is insane. Yeah. Um, that's more than Disney paid for Marvel. Um, <laughs> uh. So... Uh, I'm sitting there like, fuck, man. I hate that I sit here and think, like, I have to stick around because I haven't finished the movie yet until I see this. Is breaking and get an Iron Man suit at the end of this? Or? Yeah, is Thanos <laughs> going to come out? Th- that's where Kang ends up, you know? Um, yeah. Imagine, like, uh, Pazuzu is played by Jonathan Majors and they have to recast him with Winston Duke. Um <laughs> But no, I did stick around for this post credit scene. And do you recognize Broxton, Oklahoma, Travis? Uh, yes, it is from the Jason Aaron run. I don't know if it was introduced before that, but yeah, I know I just bashed Jason Aaron. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what the point of introducing Broxton, Oklahoma is now because there's already a new Asgard in Norway. In Norway. Or maybe right, it's yeah. just regular Asgard and this will become new Asgard. I don't know. McDonald's product placement that was very fucking glaring and ford and they had that ford pickup truck too yeah yeah it, it looks like a commercial i uh but they didn't say that the ford was a good mill uh it was a great mill or whatever if i, I want to try this, everything any adult that tells you mcdonald's is a great mill like <laughs> do you know who does the voice for those mcdonald's commercials with the da, 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 da? i do not logan fucking roy uh, oh, is yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's very yeah. funny. Yeah, it's very funny. He doesn't say fuck off at the end, so <laughs> you wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> uh, um, no, that actually was introduced in like, um, like post Civil War, um, after Norman Osborn gets made the head of Shield. Yeah, so I it might a- be. The same with the, the Loki Agent of Asgard series. I couldn't remember if it was in that way in there. Or no, not. it's it's like way before that because there was a um there was an event called Siege. Yeah. 
which uh, was oddly a Thor event, basically, where mm-hmm. like a giant serpent ate Asgard, like a whole big serpent. It happens. Came. It happens. Yeah. And then they say Asgard's not a place. It's a people. And I say, no, that's definitely a place. Like you go to Asgard. <laughs> But they, they as guardians are people. Yes. As guardians are the people. Yes. Um, so they moved Asgard basically almost like the inhumans onto a floaty city on top of uh Broxton, Oklahoma, which is where this post credit scene starts in an alternate universe, uh, 1982. And Sylvie orders McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. And then lops off her hair for a much for his haircut. Yeah, I'm not into the haircut. Yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, doesn't look great with an 80s mullet. No, she looks like someone who would be, like, in line in front of you at, like, a Target complaining. Oh, I, I think we're going to say, yeah, she's going to try someone who would be working at McDonald's in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, she's going to have a whole season, though. Yeah. Takes a while just, to grow back. Just trying to fit in. Do you think her, like, teenage uh, manager think she's hot like that's kind of like you know there's like this little part where she's like is your mommy coming to pick you up and it's like she's just my stepmommy i don't think that was implied at all i think that <laughs> that's just my head yeah it's just straight that's just straight yeah okay okay uh... so the next episode starts off back on the secret timeline we go to 1977 uh foggy old london town um where that dickhead uh, B5 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 yes. who was on the hunt for Sylvie has gone AWOL and has abandoned his mission to become a movie actor named Brad Wolf. Yeah, the star of Zaniac, which I uh, <laughs> I did Wikipedia this, I was not familiar, but uh, yeah. if Marvel was going to continue doing the uh, the like Halloween specials each year, uh, which they're not, but if they did like the plot of Zaniac, uh, I could see them doing one with this character if he survives, where he, he's possessed by a uh, uh, dark dimension parasite, whatever, and enacts the plot of his movie, which <laughs> he describes as uh, an elevated thriller. So I, I'm just imagining them like subletting it to A24 to make this <laughs> <fucking> holiday. <laughs> Ari Aster Zaniac. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, Robert Edgar Zaniac. Uh, so Zaniac is a fucking weird character. He, I think he first popped up in the Thor comic book, but like you mentioned, he he was an actor mm-hmm. uh, by the name of Brad, whatever, just Brad something. Brad Wolf. Yeah. Brad Wolf. Yeah. Yep. Yep. White guy name, and um, <laughs> Brad Wolf starred in a movie called Zaniac. That is basically the Zodiac killer, right? Mm-hmm. He's like a serial killer in this fucking movie. Little does he know, like a demon named Zaniac who possesses the killer in real life, possesses him, and he becomes this monster man, serial killer guy. Um, but yeah, he would fit right in with a, a Moon Knight and uh, a it's man. It's like a random him. one-off that you never see again. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's a zaniac. Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Zaniac. Um <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um so yeah, he's at his big fancy movie premiere for 
Zaniac and he gets busted by Loki. We get a pretty cool chase scene here. I like seeing Loki use his magic again. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say the highlight of the episode. It was the highlight of the first half of this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it started out all right with this. Uh, the shadow versions of Loki uh, capturing the guy, it was all well and good. I love little stinker shadow demons. Love them. <laughs> I love like little shadow guys doing your bidding. Like, I think yeah. it's so neat. I think it's so neat. Um, He's got like a weird temp pad that they've never seen before. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a convenient way to get short round back into the plot. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know that they're going to be selling this TVA manual? Have you seen this? I have not. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's up for, it's up for pre-sale, which I think is kind of cool, but we get a lot of good character moments here with Casey genuinely trying to help out. Mm-hmm. Um, like background character, kind of was nothing more than comedic relief and a background guy in the first season, but played by a competent actor. Audiences obviously were like, I kind of like that guy. And guess what? They let his character grow in the second season based off of how things went the first time around. It's like, this actually feels like a fucking television show <laughs> instead of just them being brute forcing. He's just his own spinoff of a horror that the first season's even out. Yeah. yeah, like fucking Ironheart. Do you remember Ironheart? That's going to be like a thing that we yeah, have yeah. to deal with eventually. Unless it gets retooled into just a support movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or dropped all at once on January 10th. <clears throat> um. <laughs> Oh no, that's a different one. But same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Same thing, but but still, like, imagine if Echo popped <laughs> off. Like, like we saw Hawkeye, and we're like, holy shit! Like this Echo character rules. And then we have Hawkeye season two, and you know, you develop Echo a little bit more in that fucking mm-hmm. season. And then by the time they're ready, they can have the adventures of fucking Echo. Or if they did it right this is kind of like the only example of them kind of doing it right. And they still sound like they're going to fuck it up is Yelena Belova where (laughs) she ruled in black widow and she was a character. Everyone left saying like, Oh, more of that, please. You know what I mean? Um, Well, I think that was kind of the plan with her. Uh, It just happens that it worked out that she's very good. (laughs) But they haven't announced a Yelena show. They haven't even announced a Yelena proper movie. They're calling it Thunderbolts. That's true. And uh, it should, it's going to be Black Widow 3 or 2 or whatever. Uh, Is Harrison Ford still going to be alive by the time they make this fucking thing? Like, that guy's like uh, 86 years old. That's a good question. I, uh, he would still be eligible for office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for some fucking reason. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep, he'll get us involved in a conflict in the Middle East that's uh, thousands of years old and doesn't uh, have anything to do with us. But yeah, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> fall asleep, talk about eating ice cream. Um, yeah, no, it, again, like the Casey stuff is great because, like, what do we know about Casey? Nothing. He's kind of a fucking goofy guy. What are we learning about Casey? Oh, he kind of knows a lot about mechanical stuff, and yeah. he read the manual, and now he's he just can like be- a, a fun character with a bigger role this season. I want to clarify, we're not 
calling for a Casey spinoff. No, no, but still, like, you're doing it right. Like, you're making a television series right. You're mm-hmm. developing the ensemble correctly. You're taking what worked for the first season and amplifying it as well as you can. Yeah, like, I really like the Casey short round stuff a lot in this episode. I do, too, when he's fanboying uh, over this book he's read. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. And one thing we should mention is like Miss Minutes has gone missing apparently mm-hmm. um, ever since Sylvie killed Loki. And in the second episode, we find out that Miss Minutes is working with Ravona Renslayer, who is working with He Who Remains slash Kang. So Miss Minutes is gone and possibly working for the enemy. So the, all the stuff that's going awry at the TVA, like basically Miss Minutes was always like the fail safe, right? Mm-hmm. And now without Miss Minutes, we need the person who created Miss Minutes, which is he who remains. So we need to get he who remains back on the board in order to like get shit back in line, right? Yeah. All right. So that's all the stuff going on at the TVA. The stuff going on with Loki is he brings back this fucking dickhead Brad and that guy apparently might know where Sylvie is. And Loki's pretty convinced that if we find Sylvie, we'll be able to figure out like something, right? Because Sylvie was in the future at the end of the TVA while he was time slipping. You seem a little unclear on why we're after Sylvie and... (sighs) Why are we after Sylvie? Yeah, they are all after Sylvie and it doesn't make a ton of sense why uh, I, I don't know I uh, I get, get that the TBA was after Sylvie beforehand and I guess maybe now she's a bigger threat because she's killed the timekeepers or whatever but they're robots so they're not really dead <laughs> we're never alive mm-hmm. uh, and he remains was in the shadow so it's not like uh, I don't know uh, they still have their own council <laughs> rule I think the reason they're after Sylvie is because when Loki was time slipping, he ended up at the end of the TVA and the only Mm -hmm. person still alive was Sylvie. So if he's able to, Sylvie's able to use her, like, you know, I see what you see stuff. Um, One, she'll know he has a boner for, which might not be good. Uh, Two. Well, they were established having feelings for one another at the end. Yeah, and it like broke the universe, right? <laughs> it happens. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that happened every time I had sex with myself, it would happen like four times a day. So. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah. Uh, Especially if I had animated series uh, powers like the good doctor does with those hand sucker things. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're getting by on the technicality there. As far as thank the, you, thank uh, you. I was trying to dance yeah. around the retired bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. uh, understand. Understand. Yeah, uh, he is twisted. I don't fully understand why they're so intent on keeping this Brad guy at the TVA. Now that they know everything is a sham, why not just let this guy go live his life? It doesn't really matter. They kind of take a leap of logic to assume that he knows where Sylvie's at. We don't. But this really torture get- scene rules. I didn't like the torture scene. I, I I thought it went on too long as far as like the entire interrogation. The first half of this episode feels slow, except for the chase scene. 
I like the second half of the interrogation. So like nothing works. He insults Loki. He insults uh, Mobius. Um, I don't like that he insults Mobius because I don't like seeing Mobius sad. Then we get my favorite scene maybe of the series so far, which is them eating key lime pie together and talking in a room. Um, This is why... TV can work because you can't have this scene in a movie, but you can have it in this show and it will feel in place because you have the time to do these things in a show. You can actually develop who the fucking characters are in the show by having them talk with one another. They're not telling anything like they're not just sitting there like dumping exposition on one another. Like they are in fucking secret invasion and, and that kind of shit, you know what I mean? Or, or, whatever they're sitting there having a conversation. You're learning about the motives of these people. And guess what? You start to care about them and the stakes end up being higher when they're in peril later on in the episode. It's incredible how simple fucking writing works. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I also really like how in the first season, Mobius was obsessed with, you know, the jet ski stuff and learning who he was before he was, you know, brought over to the TVA. And now he's saying, I don't want to know who I was because what happens if that life ruled? Yeah, he was clearly the owner of a jet ski uh, manufacturer or something, uh, a dealership. Well, jet ski is a brand like Bandit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's actually recreational motorcraft or something like that. <laughs> I hate those things, man. I used to live on the water and uh, people with jet skis don't have like boat. Uh, etiquette they like to get really close to oh yeah things and they're really loud and they get close to beaches and they make a lot of noise and they're fucking annoying like if you have jet ski go out in the middle of the body of water have as much fun as possible and stay away from everybody else it's just as much fun it's like people with tiny dicks who like to like rev motorcycles or play the subwoofers in the cars really loud it's like who are you doing this for other than you you know what i mean I don't get it. Um, I loved that scene with the bye. I loved it. Um, and I like the second interrogation scene where Loki goes in with the little box and starts to make it smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually they get it out of them that they know where Sylvia is and they go back to the McDonald's. I like how Mobius likes pie. Like I like how he genuinely is happy to be in whatever moment he's in when he's having a good moment too. Like, I think it's all very, very sweet. I don't think the Loki Sylvie stuff is working as well this year. There's not been. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree. I, the second episode was weaker than the first for me. Uh, like the first episode made me feel like I was in good hands. The second one, not as much. I okay. didn't dislike it, but um, yeah, yeah. The I'll- first the first episode was directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Aaron Moorhead, two filmmakers you and I kind of like, but they yeah kind of dropped the ball with Moon Knight for some reason. They weren't the showrunners with that one, but no, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you uh, happen to see the uh, the guy that was the showrunner there? Talking about why he cut out the action. No, why? Uh, he just thinks action's boring. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a, a slight misquote, but yeah, I. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I don't like Moon Knight. I'll, I'll take the opportunity to reiterate. <laughs> it's another thing that yeah. should have been great and really yeah, I like Moon Knight in the comics. Yeah, cool guy. Uh, no, he's been, cool he's guy. been a lot of different guys over the years. <laughs> a lot yeah. of different, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to be to be had with Moon Knight. Unfortunately, that show dropped the fucking ball really mm-hmm. hard. It sucks because Oscar Isaac rules. Mm-hmm. Dune Daddy himself. Yeah. Um, one thing about episode one that I, we forgot to talk about was uh, the pruning of Loki by uh, as Sylvia arrives. Mm. Who do you think uh, pruned him? I think we both are kind of in agreement on what it probably is, but... Well, I mean, the title of that episode was Aurora Boris. We have a character by the name of Aurora Boris, and Aurora Boris is a snake eating its own tail. The mm-hmm. end is the beginning, is the beginning, is the end. It it all rhymes, you know. It's and time call. travel is fucking yeah. most of those movies end at the beginning. Yes, yes, like yeah. Looper, the greats. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I my safe bet is that it's Loki. Doing it to himself. Yeah, that is my impression too. I think the only thing we're in maybe disagreement on is when we're going to see the scene again in a, from a different perspective. I think it's going to be episode five. I thought it was going to be the last scene of the season. Oh, yeah. Unless my wild card is short round himself, Aurora Boris discovers the only way to fix the sacred timeline that he spends all his time fixing is to work for Kang himself. And it was Aurora Boris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Certainly possible. We also didn't really talk too much about the memory discrepancy with Aurora Boris and uh, Mobius having different recollections, but not in the sense that it would be a uh, time travel one. Is they have different memories of who was working in that area and all that. Mm. Yeah, where it's there's been multiple mind wipes on both of them over the years, presumably. But yes, uh, I would imagine uh, memory alteration altogether for their mm-hmm. also. Uh, yeah, I at the end of the day, I think somebody good is going to end up working with Ah Kang to prevent whatever happens in Kang Dynasty and mm-hmm. Secret Wars from occurring. I think kind of like poetically it would be cool if it was Loki because if, if Loki... he was the Iron Man of uh, like Secret Wars, like the big wow. character. <laughs> wow, that would be so what cool. Is... It'd be some surprise, something you wouldn't have called from Thor number one. And unfortunately, Marvel's not left with the most charismatic leads for all those things. Like, I don't think Gemma Chan's Cersei is going to be <laughs> leading up the team here. I uh, don't know if she's going to even be in that movie. I just, uh, I really need the Eternals. So, yeah, it, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I don't think it'll be Chris Pratt. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I mean, Loki's cool. probably the most likable of the established the characters we've met so far. I like Benedict Cumberbatch and everything, but I don't think he's as well liked as fucking Loki is. I think it would be cool if somewhere in whether it's Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, Loki is working with Kang for the sake of saving all of these things mm-hmm. and the Avengers of Earth are actively like eradicating universes, much like the time runs out Jonathan Hickman stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
and Loki's like, you guys have to stop doing this. And they're like, no, you're working with the villain. And like, maybe we see Thor kill his brother or something like that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, you know, Loki's died a bunch. So <laughs> why not another there. time? Yeah. yeah. One more cup of coffee for the road here. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I am curious how all this is going to play out. And I like that the major like event changing universe building stuff is happening here because it actually feels natural. It doesn't feel force fed and mm-hmm. in the context of this series and this world and this logic, it, it kind of makes sense in that doctor who timey wimey bullshit uh, stuff uh, where it's totally forgivable. Where in like a, a doctor strange Spider-Man no way home. You're kind of scratching your head like, yeah, that makes sense. No problem. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> So we find out towards the end of episode two that the bird-faced woman, um, something, Kitty, what the fuck is this actress's name? Uh, name Kate Dickey. Kate Dickey. I knew it was something, Kitty. Kate Dickey. Um, (laughs) So she's basically like running a coup on the TVA where she's sending out her own loyalists to prune all of these branching timelines. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where their like headquarters is fucking set up. It's like some random like bridge or something. Like yeah, it looks like it's, they, on Twitter. On Twitter. it's still in the CVA somewhere, but one of the lesser used floors, I guess. It looked like the warehouse that Red Foreman goes to in RoboCop to like buy the drugs. You know what I'm saying? And RoboCop, yeah. It it reminded me a lot of that. Um, Like it was just some random scene from like RoboCop, uh, some warehouse. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they're just jumping through doors with these. Uh, modified, bombs, yeah, pruning bombs and modified temp heads, and they're mm-hmm. wiping out all these fucking timelines. And nowhere so else we, we saw like a, a mass uh, timeline bombing. Uh, no, where episode one or episode two of Loki season one is tone poem. Oh wow! The end <laughs> yeah. is the beginning. Is the beginning is the end. It's like that um, ancient symbol depicting the serpent. Yeah, 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 yeah. The world's fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope this time that they address it again at some point. Because <laughs> uh, that's one of the flaws of Loki season one. They have that mass uh, multiversal bombing, and then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I also like the TVA Civil War. Is that done now? I. I feel like that feels pretty mature, if so. Uh, well, one of the things... With that, there being like a hint of some sort of relationship between Kate Dickey's character and B5. I I saw that, too. Yeah. I saw that, too. I don't know if she's breastfeeding him like her other characters or not, but it's... Imagine. Yeah. He's the crow and the witch. Yeah. If they have a moon door somewhere. Yeah, that woman definitely breastfed two weird things one was a pro and one was a teenager yeah um um what was i gonna say (laughs) jesus i really just now i'm just thinking of kate dickie's yeah yeah it's crazy yes yeah um 
I really like the way that it's depicted back of the TVA after they capture all these people where it's essentially like a minesweeper board or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) But the characters play it so well because one of the things you and I complained about last year with Loki is like, we really like this show. But this action, it stinks. It's mm-hmm. not good, especially the hand-to-hand stuff, you know? So when we get to that bridge and it's like, Sylvie's got her magic and her sword and everyone's mm-hmm. going to be punching and kicking, I was like, don't let this last too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it wasn't good last time you guys yeah. tried to do this. And luckily they didn't. And the majority of it is depicted in the faces of these people looking at this minesweeper board, watching this snake basically like um but no good acting from b5 here and casey looking up at the board you know they're all people look at all those people look at all these deaths blah blah blah, ah, blah, blah. see i uh i didn't love the the way it was depicted i uh show don't tell uh it doesn't feel like a uh, billions of people are being murdered here it it feels like uh, fucking TV screen with lines on it. <laughs> Maybe it's the Star Trek fan in me. Just, oh, yeah, you know, they're, they are in a, uh, yeah, I can see that. I can they're see in like that. a little bridge looking at a little screen, uh-huh. talking about serious things happening. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie screams out that the TVA is the problem. She disappears back to fucking Oklahoma. McDonald's. McDonald's, <laughs> yeah. Gets a quarter pounder with cheese. Um, and yeah, we end the second episode a little bit slower of an episode, but definitely, in my opinion, it felt nice to be back in the hands of a competently made Marvel product that works. Um, speaking of how much it works, Travis, do you have any final thoughts on the first two episodes before jumping into our final thoughts and our reviews of the first two episodes? No, no, I don't. how you really feel let's rate this so we here at mcu beyond infinity podcast feels so nice to say that again we here rate and review all of our installments from one to five Branch timelines? Prune timelines? I don't know. I forgot what we used to call these things. Infinity cones? Who knows? Yeah, something like that, yeah. One branch timeline being the worst, five branch timelines being the best. We do accept half branch timelines, Travis. With that being said, let's rate them individually. What say you, one out of five, for episode one of Loki season two? And what say you, episode two? Of Loki season two, one out of five. Okay, for episode one, it's three and a half or three and three quarters. <laughs> okay, you crawling up there? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's close. It's close to like a four star one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite there, uh, but it's early. It's early. So. Mm-hmm. I give the first episode a four out of five, very strong out the fucking gate Mm -hmm. exactly where I wanted to be and was not expecting to be. I was, I went into this not feeling great 
last week and very concerned that oh no it's another marvel show <laughs> which sucks which yeah. sucks because it, it sucks not being excited for something that brought me so much genuine joy that you know we put the time and effort into this podcast every week mm-hmm. and it, it got that love and feeling back for me um like a hundred percent i also it got me feeling kind of weird because an almost um hypocritical in a lot of ways about some things that you and I say where we talk about how Marvel needs to introduce new characters and needs to let new stars shine and move away from the old, you know, to, to, to grow anew. And then every time we get something new, we kind of bitch about it. Like, I feel like I'm part of the problem. And then I get back to Tom Hiddleston and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, just give me Tony Stark again. To be fair, in our own defense, we do like the new things, the new characters, typically. Like, we like mm-hmm. uh, Kate Bishop, we like Miss Marvel, we like fucking Florence Pugh. We Lover. like them, just some of the things they're in aren't as good as they should be, kind of. Yeah, maybe it's just the way that everything around them is being treated and written mm-hmm. and, and done and produced is the problem at the end of the day. But it did make me feel like kind of hypocritical where I was just like, oh, thank God it's like a phase one character again. I actually care about this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I care what happens to this fucking guy. Uh-huh. Um, I know you weren't as warm on episode two. I was not. For me, it is just three and a third. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The naked gun. No. Uh, that's 33 and a third, my yes, friend. Yes, I know, I know. Okay, okay. 33 and a third is uh, a bit too high of a rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Three and 33, 333. Yeah, three and a third. Like, it, it's almost up to, like, three and a half, but not quite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm right down the middle on episode two, where it's, like, a three out of five for me. Oh, yeah. You know, it's... It, I you need an episode like that. Like it definitely felt like a breather. And if this was a streaming series, we wouldn't have fucking blinked at that episode. <laughs> we wouldn't have fucking blinked. Yeah, but, it would be right on to the next one. And I'm ready for them to get to Renslayer and see Miss Minutes again and a more present Kang. Uh, and there was there's only six episodes. It's kind of like the Ahsoka uh, mm. Star Wars thing, where it's, I don't want much filler at all in this. Well, luckily, the first episode didn't spend a whole bunch of time dumping bullshit on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are your final reviews for Ahsoka, by the way? The whole series, since we didn't give it to anybody. Ah, the uh, the first two episodes and the last two episodes are three stars. At wow. Yeah. wow. Wow. And then uh, the, the two middle episodes are four stars. Uh, it's did not end great. No, <laughs> I guess that's all the stuff in it. I hated. We fucking praised the nostalgia shit in that third or fourth episode, whatever that was. We oh yeah, that's because that was the one where it was well done. The uh, the nostalgia in the last two episodes with fucking three PO and Anakin showing up as a a horse ghost to up here to Savannah, Sabine, and all that, uh, just have like a knowing glance back at her, hated it. <laughs> I saw the Anakin. He was fine. He was perfect in that one episode. And then they fucking had to go back to that well. 
in any less satisfying way. Yeah, I give Ahsoka uh, a hard two out of five. Like a hard two out of five. <laughs> Unforgivable beginning in context of where it ended. Mm-hmm unforgivable ending in context of what it was building up to just total waste of fucking time at the end of the day where it's like it's not because like i did get some fun out of it but by the time it ended i just thought that's all you're gonna do like you you had if 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 you didn't waste my fucking time with those two 45 minute first episodes and like had another thing happen after this like Uh, that would have been totally cool yeah yeah. see i liked the first two episodes more than like the last two that's rough the last two i was blown away by how much i didn't like the night troopers by the end because they decided to have these super agile hero characters fight against slow moving zombies Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then they do the WandaVision thing where people just stand in place in an open <laughs> an open air room and just hurl stuff at each other. That was shit choreography. And then the uh, the big payoff, Ahsoka Morganelle's rematch was worse than their first encounter in Mandalorian. It was I okay, did, but it wasn't as good. I did like the way Shin Hadi like held her lightsaber upside down at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that I, was the stuff cool. I like in the last episode were uh, the Mortis God stuff that are referencing a you know, episode of Clone Wars that mm-hmm. is more fantasy angled Star Wars, and it, it it was one of the good episodes of Clone Wars. Isn't it fun that that all had to do with a character played by Ray Stevenson who's no longer with us because he literally died, and we're never going to get an answer to it? Uh, I'm sure they'll recast. Oh, yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah, I think so. With Harrison Ford? <laughs> He'll just beg to get killed off again. He ain't shame a lot on this show. Yeah. yeah. He's already been in Star Wars, too. Yeah. yeah. Famously, famously. Yeah, yeah, he can't actually come back for this one, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Kiwi Kwan. I don't think anyone would notice. I don't think anyone would notice. Uh, actually, speaking on the Star Wars front, Travis, I'm calling it Audible. Let's jump into some news items before wrapping it up for the evening. Sure, sure. So, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I famously mispronounced things Kind of on purpose, but it's also kind of my accent. I call Superman Superman and Spider-Man Spider-Man. And I say things wrong. I say the word little. I say little. I say things like an idiot. I thought it was funny, and now it just became the way I talk. Famously, I said the word jizz music a lot and jizz whaler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said this a lot when referring to the fantastic whaling of the Cantina Band. In the Star Wars franchise, uh, famous jizz whaler, Max Rebo. Now, the news on the street here is that Star Wars is going to canonically rename it Jats music instead of jizz music, Travis. Well, I didn't even say it. You thought I was saying the word jazz, and this was just a dumb way of me saying the word jazz, which I thought was made it even funnier. Yeah. But now... How do you feel about Star Wars renaming this jizz music to Jets? I hate it. I hate uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I, I do as well. The compromise here would have been to add an extra Z 
Whereas, you know, it's the idea yeah. actually to uh, the seminal fluid. Yeah. Yes, yes. It would have been J I Z Z X X X. Would have the, been. Uh, the man yeah. children, such as ourselves, still get the amusement out of calling it jizz music, but it isn't spelled fucking identical. Uh, yes. And when the kids look it up on the Google, they don't uh, have to make sure the safe setting in their searches is, is, is on. Ah, uh, yes, um, yes. Yeah, not happy about it. It bothers me much more than other famous Star this is Wars. Your slave reading. one. This is my slave one. This is my slave one. This is my slave one. This is my battle cry. This is the hill that I'll die uh, on. Jizz wailing from the mountaintops with my oboe, my phone. Um, no, let's talk about some real fucking news. Now that the writer strikes over, at least, so we're getting some shit. So. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly, we may they may be starting on like the X Men pitches, hearing those out. Uh, the other thing is that the Daredevil Born Again writers and people have been fired. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that means it wasn't going well. Uh, Apparently, like, Feige saw some of the dailies, like, or the, the higher-ups saw some of the dailies, mm-hmm. and they just said, like, we're going to hit the reset button totally on the TV side of Marvel in general. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've read that they're changing how they go about the television side altogether with having uh, proper showrunners instead of movie execs, uh, having the showrunners write series bibles to keep track of the rules of things and characterizations and all that sort of thing, and uh, doing pilots instead of knocking out a whole season of thing as a trial run. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be good. Uh, it might get from Kickstarter to actually uh, announce things since you don't actually know what you're fucking making. But I, I think it's a good idea because that's the way TV's been done for decades. <laughs> one, that's the way TV's fucking been done for decades. You fucking idiots. And two, you're not making these things mini series like we've mm-hmm. been talking about, where you know we're announcing, you know six episodes secret invasion and we're giving it a 220 million dollar budget for some reason basically you're making a secret invasion movie of lesser quality for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. that's going to be released on a streaming service and not going to look as good make a television series if you're going to make a television series especially with the daredevil thing because this was going to be an 18 episode yeah it's gonna be a longer one yes yes the longest of their disney plus shows so far yes and they had shot just under half of the 18 episodes, but mm. it was enough for the Marvel executives, including Kevin Feige, to review the footage and come away saying, like, this is not There's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that they're looking at something that they had in production and deciding this isn't uh, fucking working and Daredevil's a character they shouldn't fuck up. No. You're right, Daredevil already. People like Daredevil already, and I. some of the stuff that has worked really well has been the smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. Your Hawkeye worked really well. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just this thing that took place. And with the, I don't want to call it jankiness because we just went on about how Loki's time travel stuff is kind of neat. But <laughs> with the jankiness of the like overall continuity, I think like, Focusing on some characters like Daredevil or Wonder Man and making those like these serialized things like She-Hulk too. Like, yeah. like 
make those work as television series and exist within this universe, but without the context of the overall big Marvel narrative having to be there and being a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like a Bible within a Bible, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I fully agree. Speaking of the X-Men pitches, when do you think we're going to get like any X-Men? Ah, my initial thought was like after the multiverse saga altogether, as far as like significant uh, stuff, like Miss Marvel being a mutant, there'll be stuff like that, I think. But Deadpool 3. Ah, yeah, yeah, but that's going to lead to the, the Fox Mania that's going to run wild in Secret Wars. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, what if um, Tom Wamscam is a TVA agent in Deadpool 3 and they bring back Brian Cox's General Striker? And, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he and he dies of old age unceremoniously off screen. And Tom Wamscam Tom becomes a TVA? Yeah. He's a new gang. Uh, <laughs> no one expected it. He who, but, he who succeeds. Yeah. Yeah, he who succeeds. He who successions is uh, yes, yes. Spoilers for succession, I guess, but you had your chance. Yeah, you had your chance. <laughs> uh, last news we have is on the Marvel TV front as well. Um, for like the third or fourth time, Echo has been retooled. Uh, where... well, it's has it been reshot or has it just been pushed back to January 10th is what we're it's it's been pushed back but this is the second this is the second or third time that has been pushed back mm. and it is positive word of mouth hasn't been a thing with this thing it's also the only thing that Disney's outright saying like we're going to release all these episodes at the same time mm-hmm. because of lack of faith in this this project um, I have trouble imagining it being worse than Secret Invasion but there's always the chance, right? Uh, if, if anything is going to be worse than Secret Invasion, it's going to be the show based on the character with zero personality from that other show that can't even talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I and it's like I want Echo to succeed. I think Echo's a neat character. I like the idea of the representation of indigenous people. I yeah. like the idea of there being. Um, like a, a deaf character in yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think all of that is really neat. Daredevil's supposed just... to be in this thing? Is he yeah. going to be a... <laughs> they fucking yeah. can, they're fucking born again people. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all weird. Fun and times. Yeah, it's fun times to be alive. But at least Loki is really good, and we will be back next week covering the third episode of Loki. MCU Beyond Infinity is officially back to talking MCU, which I am really excited about. If you want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at mcubeyondinfinitypodcast at gmail.com, and you can join in on the conversation on social media at the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place that Travis, Kira, and I have started to talk anything and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, jizz whaling, and succession spoilers. <laughs> With all of that being said, uh, my name is John. I'm Travis. Bad baby. <laughs>